Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Hi everyone, welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson with thanks to our very good friends at Cheese Links. My name's Kevin Hillier. How are you going, Sarah? Well, I'm trying to work within curfew to the best of my ability. No. Uh, it's after nine o'clock, somewhere in the world, out you go. <laughs> we don't go out anyway, so <laughs> no. it doesn't really affect us. No, not uh, not known to be lurking the streets uh, after nine o'clock. How but... are you uh, faring, Mr Hillier? Oh, look, I'm okay. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to our guest today because he's a, a ripping radio bloke that oh, we both know well. Oh, he's a ripping all-round bloke, yep. Certainly is. Dave Higo Higgins is his name. You have to have a, a you know, a little yes. a, a nickname in there. I don't know what... Kev, Kevo, Kevin, Kevo, no. No, no, we all know uh, Higo as Higo. Yeah, Higo, exactly right. So uh, he's our guest, an interesting bloke in many, many ways. I'm sure you've listened to him at some stage because he's been all around the country, obviously, as most radio people do. But these days, of course, being heard on Gold FM in Melbourne and uh, on Triple M on their digital stations. Yeah, Distortion has been a show that uh, I think he's been doing around a a, radio. um, (laughs) It's a great name for his show, (laughs) around a decade now. And uh, and Higo is a a big foodie and... uh, a keen cook. So I'll be interested to hear what uh, Higo's been up to in uh, in lockdown. And I reckon he's a cheese lover. And, oh, well, uh, who isn't? We'll put him in touch with Janet, uh, 52821984. That's cheeselinks.com.au. That's the website, all the social media platforms. And, of course, with Father's Day just around the corner, two things, gift voucher, yogurt maker. Mm. And you can make cheese in your own kitchen. Yeah. Just get in touch with Janet. She'll provide you with all the info you need to get your own equipment and get your cheese-making journey started what at home. One, what a wonderful Father's Day thing to do for the whole family to sit around and make Dad some cheese and uh, he can sit there and eat it like King Pooba. Exactly, with a nice sticky. It's not a hint or anything, but, you know. Sticky port. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, that is muscatels and a couple of uh, sultanas. Muscatel. <laughs> Who drinks muscatel? <laughs> Pray tell. Uh, it seemed like a good idea muscatel, at the time. <laughs> a sticky board and a muscatel. I, I knew I'd get your attention eventually. I'm, I'm doing Food Bites this week with Barbara Windsor. <laughs> She's just walked off the set of the Carry On movie in 1952. Who is it? And, uh, with a nice bit of pheasant. A bit of pheasant, muscatel and... Uh, a bit of pheasant, t- pheasant and port. And uh, Yes, tell the... Uh, t- <laughs> Oh. I reckon Higo will enjoy that. Oh, you're It'd seriously. It'd be right up Higo's alley. Have you, your lockdown's starting to get to you, isn't it? You're losing your marbles Speak completely. Speak for yourself. 52821984, that is the number for Cheeselinks. This is the number that we've dialed to get uh, Higo on the line to have a chat with him this week on Food Bites. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you're spending a lot of time in the kitchen. Yes, actually more so than I normally would, I think, especially sharing uh, meal ideas with my dad, who's uh, 76. So we're quite often swapping ideas and, you know, just to try and keep it interesting. Your dad. Now, I reckon I've seen him quite a bit in a few uh, social media videos. Is his name Lance? That's right, yeah. And he looks very much like Robert De Niro. That's A lot of people say that. I don't see it. I just (laughs) see him as uh, the old man. He's all right. He's good. He's a good cook, actually. Yeah, tell us about your uh, relationship and and, uh, getting together and just shooting the breeze. Dad and I, it was an interesting thing. When I was 18, we were like every, you know, father, son, we didn't, we were very similar. So we butted heads (laughs) and uh, we kind of went our separate ways for a few years due to necessity. But that only brought us back together really strong. You know, we traveled to Bali a lot together. Well, we used to. 
I've taken him to the States with me and we, we really get along well. We quite often, at least once a week, when we could, we'd go to the local and, uh, and have beers and chat and, you know, just, just talk rubbish. Yeah, so he's, he's almost like a best mate these days. And this um, lockdown, what are we into? Number six, we're pretty well practised at it now, we Melbournians. So how has that uh, impacted things for you and for your dad? We still see each other, obviously, because we're in a bubble. So, yeah, we still share a beer and, and have a laugh and, yeah, no dramas, really. We're very close by, so uh, it, it's very easy. Now, you said that he's a good cook now. Was he a good cook when you were growing up? Because most of us uh, of our generation grew up with, you know, uh, vegetables boiled to within an inch of their life and, and, and some form of meat cooked till it was dead 15 times. What was your upbringing food like? Well, it was really good. Dad was actually in charge of the Sunday roast. That was his thing. And uh, you couldn't get in the kitchen on a Sunday if he was doing that. Mm. So he, he kind, of, kind of prided himself on that. Also, um, with our barbecue out the back, we, all, we quite often had um, a lot during the summer months, especially, we would have um, either the roast going outside on a spit over the barbie or whatever else he would want to do. But that was his domain. But, um, geez, he could do a good roast and do a great gravy with all the stuff oh, from the wow. drippings and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's carried into your to your life today because it, it, it seems to me that's that's the kind of food that you really love. Um, good meaty variety, you know, ribs, hearty comfort food. Absolutely, yeah. I'm I'm really basic when it comes to foods like that. I, I don't venture, I don't get too explorative with what I cook, but what I do cook, I really love. Um, and sometimes it can be as easy as bang as a mash, but you just do your mash in your own particular way. Uh, the roast is. You know, especially simple. You just chuck it in an oven, leave it there for three hours. There's just little things that you learn when you get a bit older. Like it is important to rest meat, rest your steaks, mm. and and they get better and better as you as you learn that you've got to be a bit patient with it rather than cook it, eat it. So um, little things that I've picked up along the way. Yeah, that was a light bulb moment for Kevin too. Yep, the, the resting the steaks, yep, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. What? Yeah, um, absolutely. What, what's your signature dish? What What do you What do you like to you know your impressed dish? Uh, well, I didn't realise what it was until uh, an ex of mine from many, many years ago raved about my pasta sauce and mm. and what I would do there. And that just came from trial and error. Um, and it was just adding things that I liked. It was like, well, I want a bit of this. I want a bit of that. I want to have that flavour. So I just used to chuck things in. And there's no measuring with any of this. It's kind of, you, you know, if you're doing your mints, and you're seasoning it, it's like, oh, well, I'll put about that much of that in and about that much of that in. Sometimes there's a, a little bit of um, barbecue sauce that goes in there and people go, what is that taste? And it's not an overpowering amount. It's just like a little tang. Yeah. Some people put tomato sauce or whatever it might be in with their with their pasta sauce. And it's going against, I hope I'm not offending the Italian community when I say this because, you know, their bolognese sauce is like three ingredients. Mine's about 20, but it's just all little bits that I love. My, my mum always used to put a handful of chopped green capsicum in our spag bowl sauce, and I still can't get my head around it, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I put some capsicum in mine. There's mushrooms and celery and carrot, and there's all just – I just make it really hearty, and yeah. I, I don't want it to – I don't want the sauce too thin either. I really like it to stick to the pasta, and, like, and I want it to be almost a meal on its own. You could almost just eat the, the pasta sauce on its own. And what's your favourite kind of beverage to wash it all down with? Uh, I'm a bourbon man, 
Bourbon and beer. See, I'm a oh. simple bloke. But uh, <laughs> I, I do – my favourite is, is absolutely bourbon. And um, during lockdown last year here in Melbourne, it was a really great opportunity to try a whole bunch of different ones. You know, you'd go into our favourite dance place and uh, pick out just – you know, because so often we get into that rut where you go, oh, I like wild turkey, so I'll just keep buying it, which is nothing wrong with that. But I thought, why not try a few different ones? And I found some that I really liked. And I accidentally bought one that I thought was the most horrendous one I'd ever seen. <laughs> oh, and wow. It, yeah, it was called um, Slow, Low and, Slow and, oh, I don't know what it was called. But anyway, <laughs> it wasn't actually a proper bourbon. It was like this sweet, almost like a uh, Southern Comfort mixed with a something else. And it was like, it was way too sweet. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like, like drinking an aftershave. Yeah, exactly <laughs> like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was no good at all. It's um look, lockdown is really hard on 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 one's uh, mental health, and it can be really hard to to push yourself uh, through from day to day. And do you find yourself here go doing what I've been doing? Is uh I probably eat and drink more than I normally uh, would, and I just have you know little expeditions out to the kitchen more often than I would. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I'm not someone, as you've seen, of my size, not someone who should be making those extra trips <laughs> to the kitchen, but. I kind of feel like during lockdowns, there's no kind of all, all bets are off, yeah. you know. And, and there are some people who have been super productive during the lockdowns and, you know, got in shape and set up a gym in their garage <laughs> or whatever. I am, yeah, like yourself, uh, I am a little bit, oh, what's that? Oh, I'll have that extra cooking. Oh, what's the, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll have those noodles. I'll have this. And I think it's just par for the course. I found myself snacking on something I found in uh, the supermarket, which was peanut butter-filled pretzel balls. Oh. And so, yeah, so they're absolutely Moorish. You can't stop at one. Um, so you buy them with the good intention, hey, these are a snack that will last me a few days, and uh, they're gone in an afternoon. So oh, that it's the sounds same with pistachios, the same. Yeah. yeah. Pistachios, you can't. You can buy a kilo and just you're eating one at a time and all of a sudden they're gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have to polish them all off in one sitting. I, you know, Kevin can have just the corner of a, a block of Cadbury dairy milk and leave it at that, which I don't think's normal. I think if you're going to have no, chips or a, or a, a chocolate. <laughs> you don't see me with barbecue chips and uh, and Tim Tams. Uh, I'm a different – I'm a different – hey, the thing I wanted to ask you, when you're doing your big, uh, you know, your bolognese production – what music's playing in the background? Because uh, given your profession and given the, the type of music you like, I'm wondering what's going on in the kitchen musically while you're doing all that stuff. Definitely uh, bands like Queen. Queen is my favourite band of all time and can inspire me in any situation, um, any way that I'm feeling. They have a song for any occasion and uh, cooking is just, yeah, it goes well with Queen. Sometimes there's a bit of heavy metal going on. It, it just depends on the mood. Oh, that's the beautiful thing about music. It's a, it's a mood enhancer. So, yeah, I think it's Queen usually with, with the kitchen. It just sort of frees you up. When you, when you can sing along and feel happy, you put a little bit more love into the food that you're creating and you get a little bit more kind of uh, less judgy on what you're doing. Yeah. You know? And I'm a big advocate for when you're cooking, you must taste often 
which can quite often result in not enough food to go around, but that's the the chef's prerogative as far as I'm concerned. Yep, exactly. Kevin brought up music and uh, music obviously lends itself to to radio. And and to me, Higo, I mean, what I I really, and I've known you for a long time, but I just find you one of the most uh, relatable people both on air and and off. Was was radio always um, part of the big picture for you? Uh, I appreciate those words. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, big picture, I don't know. It was, I kind of think it may have been without me knowing. In high school, I did a lot of drama and a lot of theatre and stuff like that. And that was going to be the original way to go and try and be an actor. But then I got out into the real world after year 12 and thought, hang on a minute, I don't actually need a, a real job, as they say. And so tried my hand at a few different things before I actually found radio again. You know, we had a, a station at our high school. I say station, but it was just basically a couple of CD players that would mm-hmm. broadcast to the canteen area with us on air in between songs. And I think that's what kind of kicked off the love affair with radio. Mm-hmm. Also listening to uh, Casey Kasem on Sunday nights as a kid, I had a clock radio that was stuck on 101.9 The Fox. And so Sunday nights was all about Casey Kasem in the American Top 40. And I just thought, what a cool job that is. You get to play your favourite songs. You get to talk about it. You get to talk to the artists. That would be a dream job. And um, I think it was always there. It just took a while to eventually come out and find that I could do it. And um, and then, you know, when you start, you suck. Uh, you know, you said that you've known me for a long time. Yeah, I really sucked at the start, oh, like a lot of people. I don't remember that. But <laughs> <laughs> no, you right, I didn't, but yeah. When you go you back over your, your, um, your early demo tapes, even as a newsreader, I, I would shudder to, to hear what I sounded like at the start too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a cringeworthy <laughs> time, but I mean, they're, they're essential steps and, and we're just lucky that I was I had so many great mentors around me who could teach me. I, I got into um, Osterio, as you know, early, well, end of 2001, 2002. So I had a great cast of people there like Craig Bruce and Brian Ford. Uh, Dangerous Dave was on air at the time. So you had all these people who were so good at their job. It, it rubbed off on you and you found, they gave me an opportunity to find who I was and, and how I wanted to present and really brought me out of me, uh, if that makes sense. Rather yeah, than being does. a jock, I, was, I, I became me. Mm. It's taken a long time, but, you know, I think there's no other way that I could do it. Hey, uh, radio stations have coffee and uh, <laughs> and they have really bloody awful coffee. Uh, one of the questions we do like to ask people <laughs> on this program is, are you a coffee drinker or a tea drinker or neither? Neither. Oh. No, no tea or coffee for me. I remember trying coffee as a kid um, because everyone in my family, all coffee drinkers, and I just didn't like the smell for a start, but I thought, well, it's like anything. You, your palate might develop. And even over the years, I, I just do not like the taste of coffee. And tea, I, I don't mind some teas, but it just doesn't – it's not a drink for me. Um, yeah, so I, I'm neither. I, I drink a lot of water and I drink uh, <laughs> energy drinks. It's oh, sugar-free okay. – I'm just looking at mine now, actually. The nice can of Mother Energy drink <laughs> with sugar free, and that usually gives me a nice pick me up. The good old can of Mother, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about a sweet tooth, Higo? Do you like uh, your sweet Ooh. stuff? Yeah, I'm. 
See, I like to embrace all facets of the palate, as you might <laughs> notice from my physique. But yes, I, I do have a sweet tooth. I am a shocker for chocolate, <laughs> caramel especially, anything mm. that's got caramel in it. I am, and dark chocolate especially as well. Oh, man, I am just shocking (laughs) when it comes to sweet tooth stuff. And caramel Uh, coated in dark chocolate, even better. Oh, my. See, I've seen some of your stuff that you've baked, (laughs) Sarah, and it is just, I look and go, you're kidding me. What is that? Oh, and you know whose guts it ends up in? Hello, Kev. <laughs> Hello. He's my uh, he's my what my my lab test lab tester. Yeah, well, he's he's your seven hundred and fifty pound husband now. Oh, but I think honestly, but life's too short, though, isn't it? When people say, "Oh, I'm going to give up sugar and I'm going to give up this," and I just think, "Well, life's too short to give up anything, really, isn't it?" In the grand scheme mm. of things, you can do things in moderation. But yep. I couldn't see myself giving up those kind of things. Absolutely not. I agree, one hundred percent. I go through phases though as well. Like I'll go into a, I don't know. It's like it's almost like a a, a quarterly thing where I'll go. I just can't get enough chocolate. Every time I go to the supermarket, I'll just call down that aisle. I'll grab a few Kit Kats or whatever it might be at the time that I feel like, and then for a week, I'm on a binge, mm. and it's every night I've got to have something sweet. Yeah, and then that it dissipates. It goes away, and I don't have it for I don't know two or three months. Yeah, it's almost like this weird quarterly craving. <laughs> uh, I don't have any news to share with you, uh, but uh, so you're, yeah, you're, you're sweet for one week and then salty for the next three, and then back to sweet again. Because I find myself mostly salty, like a salty person. But when I, when I'm into the sweet stuff, I'm like you. I'm like a hundred miles an hour. Got to pack it in there. That's anything a- that is um, salted caramel, oh. forget it. Keep it away from me because oh, really? it's gone. Oh, you don't like I salt- love it. No, oh. I love it. That's the problem. Jeez, I was just about to send a, a team of intervention people around <laughs> to your house. Oh. I don't know where salted caramel was hiding in my younger years, my younger days, but all of a sudden it seems like the last few years salted caramel has come out of the woodwork and I couldn't be happier. Oh, me it too. is oh, just the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. Yep. I don't understand anyone who can't like it. I reckon then he go, you'd go for um, – the candied bacon in, um, you know, cupcakes, that type of thing, and, and oh, yeah. bacon dunked in caramel. Would that be a goer for you? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, many years ago, I <laughs> ordered online uh, candied bacon bourbon lollipops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from America. And <laughs> my friends at, the, at, Fox, uh. at Fox at the time, they were like, going, are you serious? I said, yeah, you wait till they get here. And they turned up <laughs> and they weren't your normal size. I was expecting like a chopper chop size thing, but they were much bigger. Yep. And so they were like an all day kind of <laughs> gobstopper type <laughs> arrangement. Oh, they were heavenly. They were just everything I loved in one lollipop. And they were about $4 <laughs> each, mind you. I bought about 10 of them. I didn't care. They were fantastic. Oh, I'm so, intrigued. Yeah. Uh, Keep incredible. searching for the good stuff. It's out there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we've got to ask you about uh, having a dinner party at your house. Mm, oh, oh, yeah. I'm intrigued to see who you'd invite. Is there, how many people uh, can we have at this dinner party? Well, you're paying for it. So Unlimited. Yeah, it's, and it, they can it's be, entirely oh, up yeah, to you. Yep, dead or alive and whoever you, whoever you like. But usually we go about five or half yeah, a dozen, but yeah. it's up to you. Absolutely, my dad would be there um, mm-hmm. for a start because he's got a similar sense of humour to me and it would be fun to hang it on other people at the table. <laughs> um, I would definitely have Freddie Mercury because you said dead or alive, yeah? Yep, yep. absolutely. Yep. 
I think, you know, his stories would just be second to none. And as far as storytellers go, I would like Tom Hanks to be there. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he's an absolute favourite actor of mine. I think he's serious but funny, but the more you see about him, the better. And staying on that realm, I would have Bill Murray there as well, one of my favourite comedians and actors. Yeah. Um, uh, and then that would go into John Candy, who would enjoy the food, I would imagine, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also be very funny because I wouldn't want the, the dinner party to be too heavily conversed as in, you know, I don't want politics and I don't want mm. religion and I don't want those taboo subjects that, you know, and, and I don't want anyone talking about COVID at yeah. this dinner party either. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And finally, I would have my uh, lovely other other half, Vicky, there with me because um, she is an amazing cook as well and uh, and it'd be a lot of fun to have her there. But I think that would be who I would go with. That would be a very entertaining night and I love that you've included uh, Bill Murray. I don't think we've had him before and I just think he would be the ultimate to have at the dinner table. I just I just love I- Bill Murray. I mean, I could spread this out to, to 10 people and then start including uh, musicians like Sarah McLeod from the Super Jesus. I would love her to be there. Um, Michaela Bannis, who is a friend and just an amazing actress and so much fun and a really dirty mind. So she'd be a lot of fun as well. So, I mean, this dinner party could quickly blow out to 20 people. Mate, what are you up to at the moment? What are you, what's, what's occupying you professionally? Uh, Gold FM on Sundays. Nine till three every Sunday, uh, and also working on Triple M Hard and Heavy, the digital station, doing two shows, Distortion and Down Under, and any specials that come along. Loads of interviews uh, for them, which is excellent. So people can find that on digital radio and on the websites. And Distortion is something that's very close to your heart, isn't it, Higo? I mean, that's been going yeah. quite a while now. Yeah, we just had our tenth anniversary. I mean, it, wow. I couldn't believe it. It went to air for the first time in August of uh, 2011 at Triple M. Uh, in Melbourne, and then quickly spread to uh, Sydney and Brisbane. And I think Perth had run it for a little bit. Yeah, it went from a 40-minute show to quickly out to, to two hours uh, every Saturday. And that was a show that afforded me with so many opportunities. It's it's remarkable to do specials with so many artists. And actually, a Facebook memory came up just the other day of Slash just sort of walking into the <laughs> Triple M studio just to say hi because he was in the building. Oh, wow. And oh. That wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for distortion. And, um, yeah, so it's a pretty big deal. Oh, Those stuff. moments can be quite surreal. And I know a couple of times looking back on, on my own life in uh, radio, I, I just think, whoa, you, you have those pinch yourself moments. What, um, besides slash walking in, what, what other, are there any other pinch yourself moments that stand out for you? Oh, that's a really, I mean, nearly every day. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be just standing side of stage at Soundwave many years ago and, and watching Chris Cornell of Soundgarden and Soundgarden perform. And I was standing there with Dangerous Dave and we were just sort of, in a moment, we were watching the band and then we kind of looked at each other and went, can you believe we are standing here <laughs> in this privileged position watching one of the greatest vocalists and one of the greatest bands that we know and play? And it was just, that was a real real moment where you just go, how amazing <laughs> is what we do? Like, it's not lost on us that we used to be out there and then we were given this opportunity to be lucky enough to stand and watch our idols play and be that close to them and and talk to them yeah. as well. And it's, it's a really privileged position that you never, ever, ever take for granted. It's such a gift and uh, that's why I love radio and that's why I love doing what I do. Um, here you go. Usually, we to wrap up. We we just ask uh, our guests if they have a uh, kitchen or a cooking tip to share. 
Oh, uh, yes. Don't cook sausages in the nude. <laughs> Fair enough then. Is there a reason for that? Is it the splattering fat or? <laughs> it's a little bit of splattering fat. Yeah, that's good advice. Sometimes from yeah. the sausages. You know what, Hugo? Sausages <laughs> <laughs> sausages aren't what they used to be. We were just uh, discussing this the other day. It's hard to get a, um, well, you probably shouldn't. Do you buy your snags in the supermarket or are you a butcher sausage man? I'm kind of, it depends. Uh, sometimes as a afterthought, if I've left the supermarket, <laughs> I'll go to the butcher, but usually from the supermarket. And I actually found some not long ago from uh, Woolworths, actually, that I really liked. It was a caramelised onion. There's a bit of a gourmet number, but um, they were just exceptional. Some of the best snags I've had in a very long time, oh, and okay. I couldn't believe what I was getting. So That's good. Let's um, write that yeah. one down, Kevin. Yes. Oh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll be putting that one on the list. <laughs> As a serious kitchen tip, though, um, go. my tip is go with the heart. Go with what you love. Don't measure. Just create. And yeah. I think that's... You know, that's a better one to go with. Yeah, I love that too. Mind you, cooking uh, nude sausages (laughs) in the nude is probably a pretty good tip as well. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for your time, mate. We really appreciate it. Good luck for the future and uh, and, stay healthy, happy and safe in uh, in lockdown. Uh, It's been great to have you on the show. Thank you. It has been an amazing honour. Thank you both for asking me, and I really dig it. So thank you so much. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Ah, terrific to hear he go, and of course, yeah. as we said, you can hear him on uh, on Gold FM on uh, on Sundays, and on the uh, digital platforms for Triple M. I really, uh, especially enjoyed hearing about Higo's pinch yourself moments in uh, radio yeah. at all, uh, all had Soundwave and standing side of stage during our sound garden, and just you know saying to his uh, colleague, Dangerous Dave, how lucky and privileged are we? I've got a podcast pinch me moment. What's that, Kevin? It's. Our Friday food pot. <laughs> You're disgusted. Pinch, pinch me. It's going to be more like slap <laughs> yeah. me. I just, I haven't been able to get boiled eggs out of my mind. Or out of my kitchen, <laughs> unfortunately. Kevin has a phobia. He uh, hates the smell of well, boiled eggs. I'm not the only he's one. He's from the school that boiled eggs just shouldn't be allowed and he's going to evacuate the property if I do it again. Correct. Not that he can because we're in lockdown. Anyway, so... If I could. Egg sandwiches was the Friday food poll for this week. Controversial. It's gone on. And firstly, let me just apologise to all the people we didn't fit in because uh, I'm telling you, there were pages. Yeah, I know. Literally pages and pages and uh, and we thank you for your contribution. We can't okay. fit them all into this segment, but we do appreciate it. Davin, yay, especially with fresh bakery bread. I agree, Davin. Sarah Warmby. Couldn't help myself. Smashed egg, mayo, Keens curry powder. Has to be Keens. Spring onions on an English muffin. Perfect. And she even sent a photo mm-hmm. of what she constructed. Mm-hmm. David, yay, but it needs more bacon. Yep. <laughs> Trevor, bit of curry and I'm in. Stephen Tuzel, yes, please. Kerry, yum. Best sandwich filling in the whole world. Excellent consolation food to get you through any arduous reunion or hospital stay. Now you've given me a hankering for them. Off, off to boil some eggs. Muriel says, yay, oh, yay, plain curried with lettuce without I could live on them. Tony Bennett says. <laughs> curried egg today. He says. All my sandwiches <laughs> have gone away. That's not bad, Kevin. Hmm. You can hold a tune. Uh, curried egg sandwiches rule, says Tony. Oh, Sue thanks. says, absolutely, I could go one right now, even with a bit of curry. Oh, curry's popular. Mm-hmm. Caroline, only if it is curried. 
and preferably with some lettuce too. And uh, Daniel Keith says egg, lettuce and tomato is the way to go. Lisa says yes and I make them for the kids at work and they mm. love them. That's what they tell you. <laughs> Dave says uh, just stay upwind of me after I eat them. Rachel says, nay. Chris Anstey says, yep, especially yep. with lettuce. This is a little parade of uh, past <laughs> guests on this program, starting with Chris, who <laughs> says yes. Craig Gabriel says, but lettuce must be shredded, although I think rocket would be mm. better. Peter Ford says, ham and eggs works well. It's a New Zealand thing. <laughs> Stephen Quartermain says, to use racing parlance, prefer others. <laughs> That's very clever. Colin McNiff says, in racing parlance, go, you good thing. <laughs> And uh, Suzanne says, mm, okay, maybe because eggs smell like someone's let a bad one go. But seriously, <laughs> the taste is yum. Oh. How can the taste be yum if it smells like someone's fart? That's in the eye of the beholder or the ears of the beholder. The backside <laughs> the of the beholder. <laughs> Brad says, hell yay, first thing I go for on the mixed sandwich platter. Oh, I do too. Brad. Rachel says, uh, yay, just don't forget the lettuce, iceberg too, not any of that fancy crap. Uh, L-E-I-N-A-D. Leonard. Leonard. <laughs> I would rather die of starvation. Yep. Jared says, yes, the smell of curried egg sandwiches begged the question, who died? See? Mum's go-to wake contribution. True. <laughs> the plate always came home clean. There you go. Christian O'Connell says, yes. only a savage would enjoy this. Can I point out that, that uh, Christian reposted that on his uh, on his Twitter <laughs> feed and then that went off with about another 50 <laughs> comments from, uh, from uh, Why, his what, band of uh, followers. What have we started? Yep. Holly says, hell yes, my family will judge your funeral slash wake hard if there is not a plate of these served. Uh, it is what they would have wanted. No, it's not. No, <laughs> Rush no, says, yep, with a touch of mayo and finely chopped onions, salt and pepper. <laughs> oh, and a huge fart tomorrow. That's C. <laughs> C. Kate says yes, but... Uh, never put it in a plastic lunchbox and leave it for four hours before eating. Ugh, that is true. They, that will smell exactly. rank if you do that. Karen says, yay, one in the fridge right now ready for the <laughs> lunchbox. No! Angela says, everyone keeps looking for who's farted. <laughs> Well, it's actually in the lunchbox. See, this poor buddy lunchbox. <laughs> There's a poo emoji Michelle there. says, oh, God, no. And Wayne says, oh. a vile and hateful black sheep of the sandwich world. <laughs> Curry the egg and stick it between two slices of that disgrace that is banana bread and you have the sandwich that they'll serve up when the end of the world is coming. <laughs> The stench of an egg sandwich is enough to turn my stomach even to this day. It's probably the only food that smells the same when it's pooted out as on its trip through the digestive tract as, as it smells before consumption. Oh. He has a very good point. Maybe if everyone carried an egg sandwich, it would help some of the Muppets out there maintain social distancing properly. <laughs> I'm with you there. We must have had cast iron stomachs as kids. How we survived eating these salmonella-filled oh. sammies as kids after they'd festered for hours in a school bag is a non air in a non air conditional summer classroom boggles the mind. <laughs> eggs are a food that should only be eaten warm. Cold eggs are disgusting. The white takes on a rubbery, snot like consistency, and the yolk becomes as powdery as something Diego Maradona would inhale. <laughs> How awful they are is aptly demonstrated at any function where those punty little triangle, <laughs> quarter triangle sandwiches are served. If you don't get in quick, you're stuck with the. Egg sandwiches, the odds and ends that are left. And what type of Sanger is the star of the unwanted egg uh, leftovers? 
the little I ones. rest my case, he says. And uh, Michelle points out that the uh, uh, the recommendation for social distancing is a very good one. <laughs> yeah, that's very clever. Could be very effective too. Yeah, just like the condiments, the amount of condiments mm. that people want to put, whether it was mayo, chives, lettuce, well, curry powder. specifically Keen's curry powder. Yeah, it was too. Yeah, yeah it was too. Um, so uh, the, the overwhelmingly people love egg sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, that's it. But there's, that, there's a caveat with it that comes that it smells like you know what, that it tastes like you know what, and you have to put other stuff in it to I make it edible. I don't understand you, Kevin. You love poached eggs more love than eggs. anything. So what's the difference between a poached egg and a freshly boiled Are egg? Are your ears painted on? Did you not hear what Wayne said? Wayne, Wayne described it perfectly. War, eggs warmer, beautiful cold eggs take on this consistency and rubbery thing and powdery thing and smell that is just not Australian. What about a soft boiled it's egg? Not Australian. Oh, rubbish! I like I like soft boiled eggs because you serve them warm. Yeah, but you still have a problem with the smell no, of no, a no, freshly boiled egg. No, 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 no. No bo- boiled eggs so that you take the the outer casing off and mm. you then you let no get no nick them off. <laughs> no, they smell. They do smell. Actually, I think I don't think it's you. I think it's you. Um, <laughs> And on that note, we'll bid you farewell. <laughs> Thank you, Higo. <laughs> yeah, we'll bid you farewell from Food Bites, maybe for the final time. With thanks to our very good friends at Cheese Link. See, cheese doesn't smell. Cheese is beautiful. Cheeselinks.com.au, 52821984. Oh, you can have a nice stinky parmesan. Yeah, you can. No, cheese does have, it can have it's some a good smell. fairly, you know, in-your-face smells, but not in-your-face from you-know-where in-your-face. Um, <laughs> Thank you. No, thank you, Kevin. I've learned so much. Yes. Can't wait to put it into practice. Haven't we? What came first, the chicken or the boiled egg? (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.